listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Tyler. And we are back with a bonus review. We're going to be talking about Stranger Things 3 tonight. We are so excited. And as always, we want to remind you to, to check us out on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at ScreenersCast. You can find us on Facebook. Search the Screeners Podcast. We want to hear from you guys. Hear what you think of Stranger Things Season 2 and everything else that we're talking about. Uh, joining the conversation there. We're excited to, to hear from you. We also love it when you review us. Review and subscribe uh, wherever you're listening to this show because that helps other people find it and uh, and just it just makes us feel good inside. So uh, so go ahead and review us there. We are joined by a very special guest tonight. My good friend Curtis Templeton is joining us from the YouTube show and podcast Beyond the Backlot. Curtis, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. This is gonna be awesome. It's a good fit for Stranger Things 3 because Beyond the Backlot is an awesome show where they, where Curtis visits uh, all these locations of classic movies, talks to the cr- some of the crew, just visits the locations, kind of sees where these classic films were shot. So, Curtis, uh, tell us more about Beyond the Backlot, uh, why you do it, and, and just kind of all the, all the fun stuff you guys are doing. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you kind of had a good, good run at it there. It's, uh, it's essentially the... The feature show that we do on YouTube is is basically a a kind of a documentary slash reality approach to going back to some classic film locations um, because for the seventies, eighties, even early nineties, you know, a lot of films, man, were were captured in some great locations and and locations that you can still go to, and they're pretty iconic, and so. We thought it would be fun to uh, to go back to some of these places and see what's still around, see what um, people are still involved or people that are still able to kind of come and be a part. And so we go to some locations, movies like The Goonies, Karate Kid, Back to the Future, and uh, we see some of the classic spots as well as um, have some great sit-down conversations, both either in podcast or on the, on the actual feature show with some either people that starred in the movie or people that helped make the movie happen. Uh, and it kind of brings the character of location to life, which we think is kind of a big deal when it comes to movies. So, uh, so that's kind of the nutshell of it. And uh, and and again, it revolves around, you know, kind of that '70s '80s movie vibe where um, uh, there was just kind of a really cool uh, element of location for movies back then. And so, uh, not 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 to knock like green screen and complete, you know, fantasy based uh, spots, but there was just some kind of reality to a lot of these locations and. And you kind of get this little, when you drive by them or when you show up at them, you still kind of get your breath taken away because, you know, uh, you watch these movies over and over, you know, and right, then when right. you finally see these spots and it's like, oh my gosh, nothing has changed. Um, you know, then it's, it kind of, it kind of just takes you right back. And so we've had a lot of fun visiting some of these places and, uh, and we look forward to doing some more. And so thanks for the, uh, the shout out. We're having a good time. Yeah, man, we're excited. We've seen the we've seen, fantastic. seen the Goonies. We've seen Back to the Future, Karate Kid episodes. Give us a tease of of one or two of the future episodes that are coming up soon. Um, yeah, so this is a big one. This is one that we sought out early on, um, and we just uh, we just got kind of a, a kind of a, I would say an invite, but we we've got a really cool relationship now with the uh, Utah Film Commission. 
Okay. And and uh, they have uh, they're starting to clear the way for us to come up and do the Sandlot. So, oh man, nice. Yeah. So it's uh it's that that was kind That's of the perfect. a crown jewel for us as far as like you know I mean the Goonies was a big one for us because just of what Astoria brings to yeah. movies and then but I mean right behind that was the Sandlot because it's just such an iconic coming of age film mm-hmm. you know uh, lots of lots of people will tell you that's one of their favorite movies yeah um and 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 people always have a sandlot story and so so we're excited to get up there we've we've got we've got the sandlot you know kind of uh, locked down to be able to be there and, and check it out and we've got some other fun surprises that are cooking for it but that's that's been one of the ones we wanted to land and now we're excited to get a hold of it and so be on the lookout awesome and where can they be on the lookout Yes, you can always find us at YouTube, uh, Beyond the Backlot, on our channel there, and subscribe there, of course, on Facebook, as well as Instagram, Beyond the Backlot, um, and uh, like I said, we both, we do a feature show about once a month, which is a, a, a 10 to 15 minute uh, kind of episodic show, and then uh, about every week, every other week, we're doing a podcast, and it's a video podcast, so you can, of course, catch the audio through uh, all of your podcast spots but you can also watch the video as well on youtube so it's a lot of fun and we get to talk to some former you know movie stars and uh directors and people who are part of productions and then we get some just unique people that are super fans because that's really the the show's based around the idea of what's a super fan and and when you interview some of these you know we had a chance to interview martin cove who played john crease and karate kid and rambo and cagney lacy and the guy is a Western movie super fan. And so when you start talking to some of these people, you find out they're super fans of something else. So he went on and on about Western films. And you know, it's just, there's a, there's a, there's a cool thing when people always have some kind of fandom and, uh, and we get a chance to talk about that too. So it's fun. Yeah. And, and if, if I know you at all, Curtis, there's one thing I know about you and that is that uh, you are the, the eighties movie expert. And so, <laughs> Uh, so it's fitting that you're going to be on this show today because uh, speaking of being super fans, I mean, you can tell when we watch Stranger Things that they are 80s super fans. And so um, so your expertise is going to come in handy as we dive into our review of Stranger Things 3. We're not kids anymore. I mean, what did you think? We're just going to sit in my basement all day? games for the rest of our lives it is important to me that you feel safe i want you to feel like this can still be your home now become kind of netflix's flagship show stranger things we're in the third season the wikipedia description of the third season reads in the summer of 1985 in hawkins the new Starcourt mall has become the focal point of the town driving other stores out of business sheriff hopper is conflicted over 11 and mike's budding relationship while joyce considers moving out of hawkins for better prospects leaving the state of the children's friendships and her own relationship with hopper in the air However, strange power fluctuations trigger Will's awareness of something otherworldly, and Eleven and Max sense something is off about the town's residents, 
and despite having closed the portal to the Upside Down, fears that they are all in danger from it still. Of course, uh, Stranger Things stars David Harbour as Hopper, Winona Ryder, Finn Wolfhard, Millie Bobby Brown, Gaten Matarazzo, Caleb McLaughlin, Natalie Dyler, Charlie Heaton, Joe Keery, Noah Schapp, and many other people. Um, we are excited to be back here. Finally, it's been about a year and a half almost since season two, and so uh, we're excited to jump back in. I definitely want to hear, before we kind of dive into each of our reviews, I kind of want to hear what you guys thought of the first two seasons, what what you guys have been feeling as you entered this third season about Stranger Things. Curtis, you're our guest tonight, so I want to start with you. What did you think of the first, just quickly, the first two seasons of, of Stranger Things? Um, so it's funny about, for, for someone like me who's always kind of on top of this stuff, I did not get... I did not watch season one like when it came out. Hmm. And I don't know if you guys experienced this too, but I was slow to the role on Stranger Things. Okay. Like uh, I remember a couple of people actually saying to me like, hey, have you watched this show yet? And normally I was, I'm on top of this stuff and I was totally behind the eight ball. But of course, when we finally sat down, I'm, I mean, we were done in like two days. Right. It was like, you know, and it, you know, I mean, everything about it, like you even said early on about, about just my being a child of the eighties and then starting to see some of that come to life again. Uh, I mean, it just was all the nostalgic feels for me. Like that's really all. I mean, it was just like, I, I, I lived the life of some of these boys, right, you know, right. um, uh, just shy of Dungeons and Dragons, which I never got into that. But I mean, okay. just, I mean, the, just the nostalgic factor for me was what kept me in it. I'm not just, I mean, of course the great story and, and something so fresh and something that took us back to a really unique time. But man, I was, I was all in and the story, the characters, the mystery, uh, all of it, man, like it, it, it hit all the, uh, all the right bells for me. It was, it was awesome. And so going to season three, what did you think of this new season? Yeah. So, you know, the season two, the sophomore season was, was again, another like, man, they just did it again. It was, it, it took a darker turn it kind of kept you still in that teen vibe uh, or young kind of coming into teenage year vibe. Um, but, but it teed up this season. Well, and um, man, again, another, I think two days we were able to finish it. I think my kids finished it the day of. Hmm. Um, and that's why what was cool was like, we uh, both our kids got into it as well and uh, they were just chomping at the bit. Um, but man, what a great story. What a, I mean, I, is this is the non-spoiler, right? So, this is like, non-spoilers. That's right. So I'm trying to make sure I don't say anything that, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My uh, personal descriptors of just, I just thought they they they've done a great job at at carrying the uh, mythology and the ecosystem of the town, the characters. It's fully developed, which I've always appreciated about the Duffer Brothers through this whole thing is that they've they've stayed pretty true to the entire story, which is great. So. Uh, better, worse, the same from season one and two. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you probably, I guess for me, the problem is I get more critical the deeper we get into stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're always like in the first couple of things, you're like super into it. And then maybe even season two, you're a little bit more critical. But, um, I mean, there's some weak points for me in this season. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't distraction. It wasn't a detractor. It was like, oh, that probably could have been a little bit better, or that was right. a little bit more. But, but overall, it wouldn't be enough for me to like go like, oh, they've lost their mind, you know? <laughs> right, right, okay, all right. So, so a few weak points, but still overall a very positive review. Yeah, 
Yeah, All right. yeah, 100%. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, Tyler, same questions. Uh, what did you think of the first two seasons? Like, wh- wh- how are you coming into season three here? And then what did you think of Stranger Things 3? Well, uh, we did, actually. I remember you and I discovering uh, season one. We were, I think we were on vacation, and we both were like, oh, there's this, there's this weird show that's about to come out. I have no idea what it's about. And uh, we powered through it, I think, pretty quickly. I have um, no I, memory of that at you all. You don't? Did we watch that together? <laughs> Well, we watched the first couple seasons together. It was actually when I was moving out here. So I was okay. moving across country and we were on vacation in Colorado okay. um, right at that time. So that was 2016, right? It was the first season, unless I'm just remembering this completely wrong. I, I have no uh, idea. And yeah, so just I remember watching watching through it um, and loving it. Uh, I'm a child of the 80s, but I'm a child of the late 80s. So like I didn't – I definitely didn't grow up in it, but I grew up in the aftermath of the 80s and into the 90s. So definitely, you know, all of the – um, all of the major things from the eighties, I, I for sure did grow up watching. I just watched it maybe a couple years later than, than when things came out. Um, and I have loved, I've loved living in the, this world, um, that the Duffer brothers have created. I love that. It's not about being in, like, it's not about the eighties. That's not the point of it. The eighties is just this amazing nostalgic tapestry um, of it. Like they don't let it be a distraction from this deep character driven story that they're trying to tell. I um, mean, that's great science fiction. So, so season one, I think was fantastic. Um, it, it came out of nowhere. And then um, season two. Yeah. Like, like we've, we've said is, is a bit darker. It's a bit twistier. It, it digs deeper into the world. And then season three for me um, is exactly, exactly what I wanted. Like it is, if you could have said, what do you want from season three? You know, we'll give you anything for season three, Stranger Things. It was precisely what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted a, I wanted a summer show. I wanted, um, you know, I kind of even wanted some, there's some Sandlotty vibes from time to time in it. I wanted yeah. kind of more of a return to the science fiction part of it. And we get some, some great even reminders of like honey, I shrunk the kids and Terminator um, moments in this. Um, And then I wanted, you know, I wanted them to move forward with the characters. And I think that, that each character um, moves forward, believably moves forward um, in their relationships with one another, both just romantic and in in their interactions with one another. Um, I have honestly, I think one nitpick for the entire series for the entire season. I really, really loved season three from top to bottom wow all right rave review uh (laughs) definitely uh wow so you will get to what those nitpicks are later i'm definitely interested in hearing about those uh for me seasons one and two i mean i'm just gonna echo exactly what you guys said it's awesome they're so good caught us all off guard with that first season and just i am not a child of the 80s uh but i still you know being somebody obsessed with movies and all that stuff of course i'm i'm familiar with so many of the 80s tropes even though didn't live at all through them uh but uh i i love the world i love the mystery i love the the, most of all the characters i think that's the strength yeah. i think i think we we talk more often about the 80s nostalgia when it comes to stranger things but really the strength of the show is is the fantastic characters and they keep adding new ones each season so uh season that two don't feel tacked on too, right, right for the like, most i would yeah. say for the most part, the uh, most part. I, I think yeah. season two was very strong and very in some ways in terms of like story construction very different um but but really good gave us things that we did that at least for me gave us things that i didn't know i wanted um like some of these different character pairings but but was really good and so then enter season three i'm hyped for it so ready for it uh yeah 
And um, I, I do have to say, it sounds like I'm going to be the most negative of the three of us. I think I liked it slightly less than you guys did, but um, <laughs> but I still really, really enjoyed it. Um, so uh, I think I'm going to sound like I'm more negative than I am tonight because I just I do have some nitpicks. I have some things that I think could have. That, that definitely um, knocked it down a couple pegs for me, even though it's still a, a fantastic show. You know, my biggest complaint for that this season is it, it's only eight episodes, uh, but it's way too long for the story that they're trying to tell. I think this story is way more simple, which is not a negative thing inherently, but stretch, stretched out to eight episodes, it was too long. I think this season, with the story that they had, I think this season could have been four episodes. Oh, man, I... I... So do you feel like it dragged in the middle or something yes, like that? Yes, well, completely. Man, completely. I did not feel that at all. Yeah, I definitely oh. did. And I was and I was bummed to feel that way, but I, I really did. Um, because the story is just so simple. There's not much of a mystery to solve. Right. Um, evil, evil scientists trying to open the Upside Down. We see that from the opening moment. Um, you know, there's minions. I'm you know, trying to be careful of what I say here, but, you know, minions of the Demogorgon are wreaking havoc on, on Hawkins, and, and they need to stop them. And that's kind of it. So I just think it was a very simple story, which I'm not upset about. I just am upset that they try to stretch it out over eight episodes. But all that said, uh, you know, I loved the new trio of, uh, you know, Dustin, Steve, and Robin. That's a fantastic yes. group that, that had a lot of fun and um, was really – it's just great to spend time with that, that trio of characters. Um, and but I would watch a show of, of Dustin and Steve just investigating mysteries right, right. <laughs> together. Right. That's a great show. And so – but but all that, even though it's awesome hanging out with just them, and I felt this way for season two as well, I really did still miss Dustin – as being a part of the main kids group, yeah, um, because he's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to get in too far into spoilers here, but I, Danger. I just really Danger. missed that. Danger. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Well, it's because so, they they found what they had in season two. This isn't sure. a spoiler. They, sure. they found what they had in season two. Yeah. And like, oh man, Dustin and Steve, that that worked so amazing. So then they they you know expanded on it in this one. Yeah, absolutely. And and we'll dive into more on that. You know Hopper and Joyce's storyline. I felt it felt oh. kind of tacked on to me. To be perfectly oh, really? honest, yeah. Oh um, golly. So yeah. So like I said, I feel like I'm going to be a little bit more negative than you guys, but <laughs> I still, I still really loved it. I loved that they took the worst character from season three, who was Billy, because uh, he was just awful. Agreed. Um, and Agreed. they made him like silent in this in this season um, instead of being the abuse, literally an abusive brother, to being just kind of more of a you know, hulking villain. So, so I, I appreciated that um, because it, I, I was not excited to watch him again because I hated him in the second season. Um, <laughs> so, so they made, they made him into somebody who is easier to hate. So that was good. Well, that, that's actually one of the things I meant when I said like things that they could put together for season three, that would be like made for me. And I was like, anything to just make us hate him, yeah. like legitimately hate him. Exactly. It, it works so well. Yeah. Um, and then I loved a lot of the themes that were in this season. Um, themes about growing up because obviously look, these kids are growing up. I watching some of the, clips like uh if there were ever flashbacks watching them from like the first season it's wild and i kind of forget how how small how young they were in that first season and now they're 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 pretty they're grown up and so and so dealing with those themes of growing up and and growing apart from friends i thought that was handled really well and as along with hopper sort of mentoring l and mike's relationship or monitoring Mm -hmm. i should say monitoring their relationship in some ways uh not mentoring not mentoring um so yeah trying to mentor a little bit (laughs) i guess 
so yeah, all, all of that was really wonderful. So, so like I said, there's a lot of great stuff here, and we'll dive into this. It ends really, really well. They t- yeah, they really uh, stick the landing, and so I'm I'm uh, excited to talk more about that. But I definitely felt like they they didn't have a lot to go on with this new season. So it is my least favorite of the three seasons, but um, oh. it's still so good, such a great show, so different too. Um, it doesn't feel like it's trying. One of you said it doesn't feel like it's just all about the '80s nostalgia. Like there there is more more to it than that. Um, and so it's it's so so worth the watch and and really fun. So. So that's what I thought of season three. So um, I want to hear hear more about uh, some of the weak points you guys had, some of the nitpicks. Uh, so so what were what were some of those? Are we t- are we ta- are we stepping into spoiler? Realm we are or not. Or- as okay. much as we can, as much as we can, I okay. want to talk before we enter spoilers. And if we if we just need to en- jump into spoilers real quick, we can do that pretty quickly I'm, too. I'm trying to think how I how I say this uh, without spoiling things. Uh, it may be difficult to do the things I would nitpick. So I think overall. Again, the whole third round, you start to. I think I heard both of you guys talk about things you you wanted more. Yeah. And so that's that that's probably the challenge in any storytelling is that by the time you get to, you know, develop a character, develop a story, you start to have desires of your own for characters, right? Yeah. Like you're wanting this, you're wanting this, and ultimately you're disappointed, and that's like a classic. That's just a super. That's a super fan problem all the all the time. Right. Totally. Like, it didn't go how I thought it would go. Yep. You know. Right. So, See the so last Jedi. Those, yeah. <laughs> Man. Well, and I think in this one. There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think in this one, like I got lucky. Like, like I said, I got lucky. It, it did give me what I wanted. You know. So mm-hmm. I wonder what you know how it would have gone for for me. Am I because I hate that part of super fandom too. Of course, we all we all you know fall yeah, into it. Part of it. But right. the other thing was, it wasn't a deal breaker for me. Unlike right. the Last Jedi, where there were some <laughs> deal breakers for me. We're not going. Uh, we're not having this argument I, I, again. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's the second time it's been mentioned. Um, uh, the third time, Beetlejuice pops out somewhere. Uh, so, um, so yeah, like I said, they weren't they weren't deal breakers. But it was just like, oh, okay, I I would have seen that differently, or I maybe yeah. would have gone a little more there. Um, you know, just some of those moments where. You, I, I'm in now, right? And so I'm committed, and I'm I'm all in on on the story. And there's things that I would love to see, and things like oh, that could have been more. So, like I said, the, you know, it's a nitpicking thing for me. And I think uh, I would probably be able to expound on the on the things a little bit more in the spoiler section. Yeah, so yeah. I will reserve we'll my time for that. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> Uh, Tyler, what were a couple of the nitpicks? It sounds like you don't have very many, but uh, I'm curious really what the don't what have few are. Many. Um, my biggest nitpick from season two was like, like I said, was Billy, but he got fixed, frankly. Uh, um, what I, (laughs) uh, what I, I think my, my biggest thing and, and they didn't, they didn't, um, this is sort of a fix from two, although just not all the way. Um, one of the things you don't notice in season one, because he's not there very much is, is Noah Schnapp as Will Byers. Um, Mm -hmm. He is he's not strong. You know, I hate mm. to say he's, he's a child actor. He's he, he did really well in season one, but he's in about, you know, half an episode total, you know, in season one. Yeah. And then they relied on him so much in season two and they kept leaning on him in season three. And he I, he can't I don't think he can carry the weight mm. that the rest of the ensemble can. I didn't I didn't believe a lot of the issues. You know, he's still character wise. They're doing a good job of 
you know, man, this kid went through a trauma and he is dealing with it Um, and he's not okay. you know, despite the fact that everybody is trying to move forward. And and I, I, I didn't believe that he was struggling with it. I believed it because they, you know, they told me he was a lot that he was struggling but I, but I didn't feel it from him. He wasn't given to me that um, that way. So I, he ha- is consistently the weak point um, for me. Uh, I think, I think though. I mean, that was my number one nitpick. Is just like, ah, guys, you know, you need to, you need to, mm. you know, redistribute the weight just a little bit. You know what's crazy um, is I, I think um, I actually felt totally different than you on season two. Um, I think will I think Noah Schnapp did did really well in season two because he was a question mark, right? We barely saw him in season true, one. That's so we, true. Didn't, we didn't know how he's going to be. And then I saw him in season two and I go, Oh wow, this kid actually has it. And then I, I, I actually, again, I don't want to pick too much on, on a child actor, but, um, right. but I do, I do actually <laughs> agree. I do agree with what you're saying about season three. I, I did feel like it kind of stood out. He, there, there was a little bit of a weak point there in the, uh, in the ensemble. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, honestly for me, that that's, my number one thing, I, I think, um, you know, what I really, what I really did like, and, and in the, in the way I think that they, like, I, I would agree they stuck the landing and I, without any spoilers at all is, is they could end here with yes. season three completely clear and, you know, free and clear, no regrets, no turning back and be completely fine. I hear that the Duffer brothers have had it mapped out for four seasons. Yeah. So I don't know Netflix. I think as of the time of our recording, Netflix has not yet renewed it. Not yet, but I'm going to assume that they will. Yeah. Um, but they could the not yet. <laughs> not yet. Okay. Yeah, right. exactly. Not yet. Uh, so, but they could, they could end it really well. And I think that is something to be seriously commended. And, and if anybody is for some reason hesitating about watching the show, um, you know, you can go into it and get, just go, Hey, this is, this could be done. Um, and and think of how many seasons or series um, just don't stick that landing. Yeah. Seasons and series that are so strong in other ways um, that just that just misstep or that that fumble it just a little bit. And I think this is it's nearly pitch perfect. Um, one of the things that I that I also loved um, that that I think they got I don't know fix is the right word from season two, but just that. That built upon season two. Winona Ryder, I loved her crazy in season one, uh-huh. like just bonkers crazy lady in season one. And season two, she's a bit more stable because she's got, and I'm forgetting Sean Astin's name. Yeah. He's just Bob. Um, Bob. She's got she's got Bob, uh, and uh, you know, and, and so they kind of study each other out. And then in this one, you know, once again we get a little bit crazy Joyce here and there, and and her and and Hopper have a lot of scenes together that are that they play off of one another really well in a good, you know, both funny and dramatic way. I just think, yeah, I think that not just about, I I can't even pull a critique really. I I, I really I binged it in a day too. I I got sick. Uh, Wednesday night, unexpectedly sick Wednesday night, and I was supposed to go out, you know, during the day on Thursday. I really didn't think I'd be able to watch it right away, and I ended up waking up super early because I couldn't sleep because I was sick, and I just binged the whole thing straight through. And, Dang. Yeah, and so I, I just honestly, I was engrossed with the whole thing. So, um, so did either of you feel uh, like sh- share my feelings that it, it kind of dragged a little bit, or that the story wasn't sufficient enough for eight episodes? I, I will say that uh, I felt like, you know, anytime any I'm trying to figure out my comparison to Game of Thrones here because there's like a 
there's like something to be said about these these you know these series that that create a you know an eight to ten episode arc mm. and one well, that fluctuate in its space like the last right. couple seasons of game of thrones fluctuated right, exactly. in size so i you know they get a story and they're trying to figure out how to tell it the best way which you know is in, entirely counteractive from like typical episodic tv which like right. hey we got 22 episodes let's figure this out yeah um and so i didn't feel like it dragged i and and comparatively speaking to season two uh, you know, when you, had, when you had the Chicago episode, right, uh, right, where we just totally lost, it went off the rails. I mean, I, I want from a storytelling aspect, I I saw the elements of that what they were trying to do and bring about, but it, but you know, against the backdrop of the entire season, it was like, whoa, this is, and so it seemed like uh, they kind of recoiled a little bit and figured out how to keep you in the story, and and yet at the same time. You know, there. What episode was it? I told my daughter this. It was episode five, I think. That if I was, if I was, you know, having to just write something out that said, "What did you feel like?" I think episode five is where I was like, "I'm losing track here." Yeah. Uh, but that's it. Like, I it didn't kill me. It just was like I I could see where this was the episode where that could have been like, man, this was hard to follow. But yeah. I'm still with it. So yeah, you're asking me to nitpick. I'm gonna. Nitpick. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I. I think I agree. I um, I agree with with you on on season two. I think, and I think that they fixed. They recoiled. That was a good word for for that. They recoiled from that and said, "Okay, wow, we went, we spread ourselves way too thin." Um, and and then they came back and they said, "Okay, we are staying in Hawkins pretty pretty well. We got a couple of of yeah. like flashes to other places, but um, but I, I what I I never felt that the story. I think I never felt that it it dragged, but I do I think see what you mean in that. Some of the story, the plot, um, maybe didn't stretch to eight, but that's really because the the heavy plot doesn't start until episode two or three or mm-hmm. like end of two because and I, and this is why I didn't mind it. They were reorienting us, right? They were bringing us back first and foremost to the characters and to Hawkins, which is as much of a character, especially in this season, because Hawkins is going through some major changes. Um, uh, that we. We needed a, a minute to just regroup with with our characters again. So that's maybe that's why I didn't mind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still minded it. Um, but <laughs> uh, but no, I, I I get what you guys are th- saying. What were some of the other uh, high points? Well, I know w- one thing we haven't talked about is the new edition of of Robin, played by Maya Hawk, uh, Uma Thurman, mm-hmm. and Ethan Hawke's daughter. What did you guys think of her? Oh my gosh, I did not know that. Are you serious? I did not look her up. No. <laughs> She looks exact. Wow. She looks like an exact combination of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. Well, the, the whole time I was like, I've seen her in something. I and no, it's because I've seen her parents in everything. <laughs> All right, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow, sorry, I just had to recover from that. Uh, She's uh, okay now. Okay now, Daniel, I see what you're doing here. You're like you're chipping away <laughs> at the iceberg. I see what's happening. Okay. okay. Well, first of all, I agree. I thought she was awesome. I thought yep. she was a great ad, and uh, the whole team up. She completed for me kind of the uh, the Breakfast Club trope, yeah, you know, yeah, right. like kind of had that whole vibe going. It'd been building up, and now we got to see that come to life. Um, Carrie Yules was awesome. That was yeah. a great ad. Oh, great so great! To see him. Um, and I'm sure we could talk more about that. Here's what I thought was an interesting. Um, is it Todd Busey? Right? Is it Jake, Busey's Jake, son? Jake, Jake Busey. I felt so cheated by. By him not being any more than what he was, yeah. um, and I maybe 
that's dancing on the line. I'm not going to go much further because we're not <laughs> yeah. in spoiler territory. Yeah, yeah. But he is a great actor. Uh, I, there's a lot of great stuff he's in, and he's always kind of got that B movie thing. And I think it's probably stereotyped because <laughs> of their dad. Right. But like, <laughs> I'll go all the way back to Starship Troopers, where I just thought he was yes brilliant. He was a yep. great like quasi crazy bad guy. And ever since then, I was like, I want to see that guy more stuff. And so when it came out that he was going to be in the show, I was like, oh, dude, this is awesome. And then that would be probably uh, you're chipping away at me now. I'm, I'm starting <laughs> to like uncover some of the nitpicking, but I would have loved more from him. And so that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's barely in the show, really. I mean, he doesn't have a lot to do for sure. Um, the, uh, the other one we haven't talked about, and, and we don't want to give too many spoilers for her. Um, is it Erica? Is it Lucas's sister is Erica? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's great. She, what, what, well, let me just ask, what, what do you guys, how did you guys feel about her as an addition to the to the cast, an ancillary addition to the cast? I thought she was great. I, I think mm-hmm. she was really funny. I think she, her character was completely unnecessary. Like yeah. <laughs> she served, she served no purpose. She didn't help. I mean, they, they found con, you know, they found ways for her to help, but they could have completely done the entire storyline without her. But her character was fun to be around. Like she was a fun addition. I just wish yeah. she had actually served more of a purpose than she really did. Agree. Yeah. She was a, she, she nailed the an, annoying, like she, yeah. Cause we, we caught, we caught her last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and she definitely progressed and, and I, I mean, I remember sitting watching it and both my wife and I were like, Oh my gosh, she's grating on my nerves. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, then there, then we understand why, you know, there's, there's the catch and, and the whole bringing her into the story and, and how it comes about. And then it made sense. But then I, you know, again, if you just kind of look back, the, the Duffer brothers are always pulling from classic. And if you look at every, you know, eighties movies, families, there's always the young yes. sibling. Yep. Totally. That, so if anything, they'd already d- delved through the cornucopia of eighties tropes. Like what else are we missing? Well, let's we got to have the annoying yet super helpful in the most annoying way sibling. So let's, let's accomplish exactly. it. Yes. And she did. Great, she did. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I loved too just in building on it you know 80s tropes the, the one thing that they hadn't done up until now was Russians and I don't want to get into it too much <laughs> yeah but come on the Russians are the bad guys oh, in this yeah, one sort exactly. of oh and it's great it's I love that I mean we get some Rocky 4 vibe we get some Terminator, Terminator vibe for sure it's oh I loved it it's yeah where did you feel like that was kind of shoehorned in or did that kind of feel like a natural extension uh, I, so I didn't feel like it was shoehorned, but I thought, man, how is this going to embrace the 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 next level sci-fi slash uh, and and the eighties thing? Like, and so it didn't. It wasn't even a leap for me. Like exactly. I was like, oh, totally, absolutely, yeah, exactly. And if you play out like the so like season one, season two is like the the real homage to like spielberg and and the whole like coming of age thing and now we're turning the corner and it's like oh okay like we're dipping into red dawn now exactly like which they name check yeah they're growing up and now these are the problems that these kids would face like uh i don't know it 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 didn't i'm sure at some point like you you look at this and go what but then it's like no it's great you know it's like this creates this tension so it's fun 
And we also didn't talk about the biggest new addition to this season, uh, the Starcourt Mall. Uh, oh, come on. How did we not talk about uh, that yet? Which, yes. uh, you know, story time is, uh, in reality, the Gwinnett Place Mall that was down the street from where I used to live, um, where my, my wife and her family grew up. Uh, my brother-in-law used to work in that mall. Uh, so, so, it's, so watching it with somebody who grew up at that mall was was hilarious. But uh, what did you guys think of the, the, the setting? Obviously, a great deal of this season takes place at that mall. So what did, you, what did you think of that? I think it was perfect. I think it was, again, once once again, if we're, if we're checking, you know, I almost have a checklist of what you need to have to kind of complete an 80s, you know, vibe and setting. We have a mall you know right. it's it's the perfect place to be um it is and, and you know malls are dying today and it's this is one of those things of and and uh, daniel i'm gonna assume you you weren't a child of the 80s but i mean we went to the mall oh, in yeah. the 90s and 2000s like crazy oh, yeah. you know it wasn't as much the whole mall rat thing wasn't as much in the in the early 2000s you know late 80s or late 90s but but we you know we grew up in the mall so everything about that felt completely at home and it was one of those like bringing it home in a it, you know instead of the 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 creatures down the street that are coming to get you now it's it's in the mall and i even thought you know that is so perfect it's george a romero would be so proud you know that we've got evil coming from the mall that's also killing the town <laughs> you know it's just i loved that setting it felt so it felt so right to me yeah they nailed it like beyond a hundred percent, you know, yep. um, and their, their attention to detail and the licensing that they were able to, I mean, I heard that there were, they, they negotiated with all these previous brands to be able to, to encapsulate and recreate like yeah. everything down to the detail. I heard and new what, Coke even came back briefly. Like they did it. You can buy you new Coke at Walmart oh. right now. Yeah. Um, uh, ooh, I might have to go try it. Uh, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I'm sure, but I, I missed it. I missed that train when it, when it actually came out. So, um, but like just the aesthetic of it, like was and and the fact that like uh, like again, it, and not to go like too far down the road, but Stranger Things has done this really cool like different thing about about taking places that are have normally been like safe places and making them not safe, like. Right, uh, right. Like when we were kids, horror like, would be trope, right? Yeah, like yeah. You have it's to. like the, the horror kind of vibe, and you kind of see it play out. Like school is not safe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, your own home, it's not safe. You know, for crying out loud, like and and how many of us were dropped off at the mall by our parents? Like exactly. They, they kind of built. They've taken all these places that that you know over time these kids were trained and and grow so it's like there's all this like i could go down this whole road just the coming of age and realizing the world's not as safe as place it used to be and and all these things that are changing around them but they've the, the storytelling and using the, the mall as like the 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 centerpiece is was like a, i it was unexpected i thought it was going to be like when i saw all the, the the promo about it and when i saw even some of the early people like sneaking peeks and stuff. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just going to be like an episode or two, you know, exactly. right. and, and really this is a, a big portion of the show. Non spoiler moment, mm. I think still. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's good. And, and we have, we have danced around it enough, but it's time to enter spoilers. But before we, yes! before we go there, before we go there, just, uh, just one, one more, uh, kind of thing about this new season, this season, uh, I, I'm, 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 wondering if you guys feel the same way i felt that this season was so much darker and gorier specifically than the first mm. two seasons like it was kind of a surprise uh that... i don't 
I still feel like, and I, I'm about to rewatch season season two. I, I stupidly got through season one, and then, like I said, I got sick, so I wasn't able to watch season two when I thought I was, and it was time to watch three, and I couldn't control myself. So I, I didn't rewatch two, um, but I I I really feel like two was gorier. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just remembering, you know, I, I haven't watched it in a year, but I felt like two is way darker and gorier overall. I mean, there's a, creature, a few exceptions. There's a creature in this season that is straight up disgusting. Uh, <laughs> it is gross, but kind of awesome. Disgusting. Like, I mean, I, it, was, I, it was awesome, but it was nasty. Uh, and and I and I felt like I was like, how did how is this rated TV fourteen right now? I was pretty surprised. <laughs> uh, and you, yeah. so Curtis, you were watching it with teens. What did you? What did? What did? Uh, how did you feel about how gory it was? So what's funny is we, uh, I knew I, there's a whole bunch of things that built into this, but I made a family mandate that we would watch episode one together. Like okay. I was just like, oh, I know you guys are going to want to binge it. I know you're going to want to talk or like watch it now. Cause all your friends are going to have already watched it and you're going to be like trying to like not be spoiled. So I said, but family mandate. We're watching episode one together. And so <laughs> literally at midnight, like, oh, well, good for you. 12.02, me and the kids sat down. We had been at, at Disneyland all day. It was like a 16-hour day. But, man, they were charged, and so we watched it. And uh, um, and so then the following couple, like day when they're watching it, and they're watching it on their phones or wherever else, and I'm just hearing every now and then, oh! <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, that's, oh, or, oh, my gosh! So, you know, I'm hearing all of this going, I, I, I'm stuck. Like I didn't get to watch till after. And then, so of course they're like, Oh dad, have you finished? What episode are you on? Oh, blah, blah. So I kept hearing the effects of the, of the, the gore and the, the new, the new stuff they were. Cause you know, I mean, we've watched a ton of stuff, but they're, they're not into, they're not into the old horror films and right, things like right. that. And so this stuff is very, and I'm, I have movies that I'm going to talk about that I think is reminiscent of this, but I'm not going to say it now because it, will definitely create spoiler vibes but uh but i they did turn it up a little bit and i do think season two had a uh it had a suspenseful element to it um more so than this season did um there was still a lot of mystery and suspense in that one and and i think it was shadowy and i think even could i could go into deep even talking about like is nitpicking is like how this one was shot i felt this one had a lot more um brightness to it in, in it all of the film composition and all the shot composition we had a lot more light we had a lot more vibrancy like even i caught myself pausing a couple frames like man they really color treated this thing like they yeah. really went into brighten these like because in some shots you've got a forefront that's very dark and shadowy but like in the background it's like bright vibrant colors and so they really i mean i obviously i would imagine their budgets have ballooned every season sure, you know yeah. so they get to do more but um, but they definitely uh, explored the studio space of practical effects on this one. So, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think there is so much we need to dive into in terms of why it's gory uh, and, and kind of some of our story issues. So we are going to dive in to spoilers for Stranger Things 3. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got him? In that dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark. 
sleeping on that coal. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. All right, guys, so uh, we have danced around all of this enough. Let's dive in to the very end. We're going to skip to the oh, end here. Yes. Oh, yeah, we got to get there. With Hopper dies, okay? <laughs> okay. Or just, does he? Like, rip the Band-Aid off of the spoiler section. Yes. Like. So, and I hate, okay, so I don't want to sound like this that guy, okay? But I will say one of the things on my checklist was Hopper has to die. I have no idea why that was what I thought, and maybe it was just the Sean Astin thing. But I was, like, you know, the moment, like, I, I started thinking about what do I want from this season. I was like, oh man, they have to make this real, and it, and one of the crew has to die. They're not going to kill one of the kids. Mm-hmm. Oh shoot, it's going to be Hopper. That's how they have to do that. And and I really, I thought it was going to happen earlier on. I thought maybe that was going to be the impetus for it all. And then the moment he walks out onto that catwalk, I was like, oh no. Oh, it's happening now, and and I just gotten super invested into into Hopper and Joyce, and ah, uh, it it did it. It that one it killed me. That well, one did it. Also, he's not dead, but um. <laughs> oh yeah, totally transported somewhere. I think he's the American in the cell at the yeah, end, right? For sure, be, yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, for sure. Which that's which, a which you know is great. And like I said, I think they totally... they didn't show him, so they could reverse that. But still, yeah. Well, so they they totally stuck the landing. I think the last episode is great. Really good climax. Wraps up really well. The the note that he writes to uh, to oh L in the speech, amazing. So Killer. well written and so um so it just it they just hit every mark that they needed to 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 hit and uh, it's really heartfelt. The only disappointing thing is the fact that he's alive kind of takes away from those emotions just a little bit. Um, like when he inevitably comes back in episode one of season three, it's gonna be kind of like oh well that. Like binge watching that through will have a little less impact, but uh, I still. wonder though if if because again they they've shown themselves to to be good planners you know they sure. they are really prepping this I I doubt it'll be a you know return to Hawkins day one sure. I think it'll be a season long trek back for him yeah it's it's very possible um, but what did you guys think of just just all, all the way Curtis what did you think of Hopper's kind of not not exactly sacrificial death there but kind of the way it all played out. Um, I, it was super satisfying. I, I never, I, I didn't quite have the expectation of someone dying. Although, you know, I think just in my, as I started to see towards the end of, of the last couple episodes, what was happening between he and Joyce, you know, I was kind of like, okay, someone's going to have to give up something yeah. here. Like there's going to be a break. Um, and, uh, and so, but I, again, it was super satisfying. And at the same time, you know, uh, even even if we didn't get the epilogue, I'm still I'm still not. I mean, they were so overt in his placement behind this energy field that mm-hmm. appeared, unlike the other times where people got wiped out by this right. thing. And yeah. now this energy field appeared, and they made that so overt and so like. And there was obvious. no goop left over. <laughs> there was nothing left over. There was no you know. So um, so I think it's it, even without the epilogue, it's like okay, well he'll he'll come back somewhere. It definitely. And it, for for keeping in the mythology, he did not go out like 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 a Barb went out, where we haven't seen right. her. Right. Yeah. So Barb went out in a way that was pretty evident. Although we're, they were all hopeful, season two she's coming back, but they kind of addressed the fact like, no, she's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Oh, so, yeah. But we've been given so many other things about Hopper. Like he's he's not gone. Like he's somewhere, but he's not gone. Yeah. So completely agree. Um, what else did you guys want to dive in with spoilers? Curtis, I know you said you were kind of, uh, 
keeping track of a lot of the callbacks to, to oh my gosh. nostalgia. Hit us with some of those. Okay. All right. So first of all, a couple things that I've noticed, and you guys, these might be Captain Obvious moments, but you know, the Dungeon and Dragon background for for each of the seasons has has basically told us the villains, right? Yeah. So you had the Dungeon and Dragon Demogorgon, which basically laid it out, and then you got that one scene with Will, who will not die, who will not let his friends grow up. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Guys, yep. I'm gonna wear the costume. I'm gonna make us play this game, <laughs> <laughs> and and he drops the zombies down, you know. And so, like all throughout, like from the very beginning, you got Day of the Dead as the film they're going to see. Oh man, which, exactly. Which is classic Romero, and even in that movie most of the United States are living in underground bunkers, which like there's all these crazy tie-ins like day of the dead. You know, most of the humanity is now living underground to avoid zombies and all this kind of stuff. So, so you had, and then by, by extension, you're supposed to think Dawn of the dead, you know, the the predecessor, which is where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got the thing and the blob, which were like both like the, the whole, the thing was totally like an homage to the, to the monster and the whole, like, assimilation one with this creature kind of thing but i mean they just go down the list you got back to the future of course uh terminator red dawn evil dead night of living dead the whole scene where they're at hopper's uh cabin exactly i mean that was almost practically shot for shot <laughs> holding up in the country house boarding up the doors boarding yep. up the windows and and of course you're thinking why are you staying in that shack yeah <laughs> yeah exactly oh uh, rickety old shack too yeah Dude, the one shot where um, the the flare, what do we call it? It's called the flay monster, right? The, the yeah. flayed, yeah. The, the flayed, yeah. Yeah, so the, the flay monster is hovering over Nancy uh, uh, in the hospital, is literally uh, from right, right from Alien. Like the, exactly. the shot where she turns her head and he drops down on her. It is like shot for shot composition from, uh, from Sigourney Weaver having the alien breathe down on her. I mean, some of these things were like, like you just watch it go, oh my gosh, that's like that. That's, that's Plus, the whole scene of them running through the hospital was like a take on Halloween and Halloween Two. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. you got. Uh, I love the nods to TV. So like, uh, Hopper's totally like a combo of like Fletch and Magnum PI all in one. <laughs> Oh, like with his was, shirts, and and they're even watching yeah. Magnum PI. Totally. Yes, yes, it was brilliant. Um, the the whole Miami Vice and the Todd thing. Like, t- I don't know if you guys th- <laughs> think about, it, but like Todd is like the name of like most eighty jerk brothers, or <laughs> yep. you know, from Weird Science. So here's this guy like totally emulating the Todd older brother jerk vibe. Bre- I said Breakfast Club. Did you see the shot in the in the Gap? Uh, was a total Jurassic Park nod. Yes. Um, yep. One hundred percent. Like that. These just leaped out at me like, oh, my gosh, like that's not an 80s movie. But, man, these guys are always throwing like total kudos to all these other great movies. But even and the then, Russian, the Russian lair at the end, which is, is very James Bondian. It's, you know, yes, Spy Love yes. Me kind of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then the top it all off like this one was out of left field for me. The never ending story theme song. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, was great. I <laughs> It was so good. That was hilarious. I you you talk about all the things that I did not see coming. Like you could have never ever like said, and at, and at first I'm like, okay, they're just gonna sing the chorus. No, no, we're saying the whole thing. We are fully multiple times. The singing, the key changes, the turn. Yep. <laughs> oh, it was so perfect. And that he had a girlfriend. It was almost the girlfriend from Canada, yeah, except his yeah. girlfriend from Utah, right? Yep. 
And that she actually exists is the best. I loved it. So good. And she, of course, holds the key, right? Like it's yes. She's like a Broadway star too. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I think so. Is so is Gaten. I think that's how he kind of started. Yeah, he started in Les Mis. He was big time Broadway star. Yeah. So anyway, like I was off the charts the entire season of like. Oh my gosh, there's, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And even watching it. So like when the Terminator guy popped up and then I'm hearing. Straight up Schwarzenegger. That, that was almost straight. too obvious to be perfect. It was a little too obvious, right? Especially when he started talking and I saw yeah. the gap between his teeth and I was like. Yeah. And then the music, like literally the Terminator music from the, from the first movie was like total. I was like, okay, what? I'm all for nods and I'm all for like tropes and everything. But like, I got to understand, like, why is this literal? like the guy's. You cast this guy looking like Schwarzenegger. Like, what? (laughs) Dressed him all in black. Yeah. yeah. It was all too close. I need your glasses, your boots, and your motorcycle. Like, I (laughs) was ready for some of that to get, like, tossed out. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% thought that was a little too much. Um, Some of the things that stood out more than the 80s 80s nostalgia, some of the things that stood out to me, uh, I, I loved that whole sequence um, that you guys already referenced, where Will dressed up in the wizard garb, and oh man, really, it was this whole this whole moment of no, you guys are talking about girls. I'm not ready to go there yet. I want to sit here and play Dungeons and Dragons, and you guys are abandoning me right now. I loved that whole sequence, and it really, uh, I felt like that was really well executed, especially just the whole drama between between them like where lucas comes up and is trying to say no no, no let's play let's play i i just love that whole storyline um that really is accentuated by the kids actually growing up um so how did you guys feel about that whole storyline and that, that him and El, mike and l breaking up and all of that i loved i think i i really loved the way i i, I really agree with you i think that i love the way that they handled it i think that there was a good balance you don't stay perfectly the same with your friends as you grow up. I mean, you just don't, especially when, you know, girls come into the picture or, you know, or or whatever, you're not going to, you know, things are going to fluctuate. Your dynamic is going to fluctuate. And the other guys have kind of found a new norm. Um, but Will hasn't, and Will has always been the odd man out in that group anyway. Um, uh, (laughs) Dustin, you know, has his girl, his girl from Utah and, and he has, he has his his Steve, (laughs) Yeah, and he has a Steve, which is just oh, come on! <laughs> it's just it's my favorite. I seriously would watch a hundred hours of just the two of them the, the investigating best, mysteries. As soon as the season started, when it first got to Steve at, at uh, Scoops Ahoy, and when when Dustin comes back and and they see each other for some, oh. what I was what I was th- I just kept thinking that honestly, the standout for the entire cast or for for all of Stranger Things to me has been Joe Keery, just because he's yes. he's so charismatic and he's really. And he's a fantastic actor. He's really, really good at what he's doing. Um, And I love. He's had a great arc. He was a a horrible person in season one. Yeah, that's the thing. I I wouldn't exactly call it an arc. I would just call it a complete one eighty, a trajectory. uh, Because they realized, oh shoot, we cast this really, really likable dude as a pretty terrible villain in the first season. And so I love that they did just just lean in and said, no, he's super likable. Let's just make him super likable and gave him this complete one eighty. And and that's one of my favorite things that the series has done because he he's such a great character and and uh, he he's he's. With with his pairing with Dustin and now with uh, with Robin, it's just really that's that's the, one of the best parts of the entire series to me. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I like his character a lot now. I mean, I like the other thing I like about it too is like um, 
he, he did the turn that you never got to see in some of the other 80s films, right? Like they actually yeah. got to got to take this guy and put him on a little bit of a journey. Um, you know, and I love like the like the sidelines, you know, are all your friends children? Like, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you know, if I if I turn the clock back and I think about man, there were some people that were older than me that I, I enjoyed hanging around with because they actually got me, you know, right, they, right. they, they enjoyed, they enjoyed being a kid again and, and, and being a part of some of that stuff. And so like, I think they really helped capture that vibe too of like, no, you can be both, you know? And at the same time, it's like, really, I mean, if you wanted to play this cool archetype up a little bit, like, are you going to work at scoops? Ahoy. Like, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like you can give Robin, you can give them all the flack you want, but you're both dressed is like Shirley Temple. So <laughs> <laughs> yep. let's, let's not, let's not uh, split hairs here, you know? So, uh, but man, I, the, the other thing um, you were talking about uh, the uh, Steve, like um, he became, uh, I, I think we've already said this, but it just, he became so likable. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just every turn you just, you liked him more and more. And sometimes when you're like, you heard a line or something and you're waiting for him to do the opposite. It just, it, it, you know, he, they made the turn great with him and, uh, he's, he's fun and he's adventures and babysitting, you know, yes. like, right, right. Like that whole thing. Like, you know, we're going to start out with rules, but not forget it, man. Like now we're going, we're, we're all the way in this and we're in a hundred percent. So, uh, it was great. Great. Loved it. Now, as much as I love that group and I really do love that group, I definitely in this season more than last season, really miss Dustin being a part of the other group. Um, you know, yeah. so I, I don't know, I don't know what I'm asking for cause I like both things, but, um, I just, it was so strange that Dustin was in like one scene near the beginning of the season with them and then the last episode. And that was it. Like he was not a part of that group. He's not in that group anymore. Um, and so that just felt kind of weird to me that they didn't really, they talked about it a little bit, but not much. It was just kind of, he's not in this group anymore. Um, did, did that feel weird to you guys at all? Well, it shocked me because I didn't think about it until they all came together. Exactly, right. yeah. And I at saw the end. it, and I'm like, wait a second. They haven't been together for like yeah. six episodes. Yeah. They, and it took me back again. Game and longer than that, they, he was at camp. He was at camp before yeah. that. So they've been gone yeah. for like a long time. Yeah, so I was thinking too, like when I was watching Game of Thrones and realizing as you're watching some of those things play out, and you see these characters as a viewer, but then when you start to realize – some of these characters haven't seen each other, you know, in some of those for years, episodes, for years. Right. Yeah. And so that hit me when I was watching this. I was like, man, we've been we've been a part of this story in different sections. And I, that's what I was really interested in, in kind of I don't. I, OK, so, again, you can call me out on this, but we still had like the up, upper world story and the lower world story going on in this in this season, like. So previously in the first two seasons, you've got the upside down and all that stuff. But now again, like we have a whole nother upside down. At least there's these characters playing out a story on the, on the, on the upper level. Oh, that's true. You've got these characters playing out a whole nother story on the lower level. And, and then at some point we got to bring them together. And I tell you like that whole scene, not only after the kids got lined up, but then when Hopper comes in, uh, in the mall and like, you know, there's so many satisfying moments uh, around that mall when, when Hopper hops in and stomps on that thing. Yeah. Uh, and you're just like, yes. And, then, <laughs> you know, Steve comes rolling in and, and like blows Billy's car back, you know, all of those, like just, they did such a great job at like taking to the edge. 
and keeping the satisfying hits going every time. Uh, so I thought, yeah, I, 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 I got all the feels in, in, in both those moments because it was just like, yes, this is this is exactly how this thing needs to needs to play out right now. So completely agree. I would also say the other the other relationship that a different pairing that we really haven't seen in the same way um, is Eleven and Max. We actually get the girls hanging out right. instead of Eleven mm-hmm. being part of the boys, which she is for a lot of this, of course. But there's was it two or three episodes where it's pretty well just Eleven and Max kind of doing yep. their thing, and and uh, you know then you know Eleven dumps dumps uh, Mike and all this other stuff, and it's it's just a different dynamic. What did you guys think about that? that new arrangement we have. It made perfect sense. Uh, it totally. made perfect sense. And, and it felt, it felt good because also, you know, it made me realize and remember in a way that I hadn't not having rewatched the first two seasons uh, in, in quite a while um, that, that 11 ha- doesn't have this basis of like, no. knowing how teenage girls act, uh, you know? Right. And so, so I did appreciate this kind of, it's almost, I don't know if ET is the appropriate reference, but kind of just this showing how to how to act, right? How to act, you know? Here's you, you need to dump him, right? Like like just that whole yeah. thing, that whole sequence uh, was really funny, and and uh, so yeah, I thought the pairing worked really well. Because up up until this point, it's been very much, um, it's very, been very much it, you know, by Stephen King, which is uh, you know this group of boys with Beverly the girl in mm-hmm. with them. And and that dynamic has been going on. We we never see. I'm I'm reading it right now. That's why why it comes to mind too. But uh, and you know we never see Beverly outside with with uh, other girls because those other girls are jerks to her. Um, Eleven is just naturally an outsider. I love this dynamic. Um, hey, Curtis, where were you on on this? Was it did it work? Yeah, I thought I thought it was great storytelling, and it made and like Daniel said, it just made sense. Like yeah, as I as I like play it out in my mind, like it would have started to feel weird if. They didn't do something, yeah. and again, the exactly. mall became the mall became the great conduit for it. Like, you haven't been to a mall. Let me show you what a mall. You know, let me let me take you and give you all the inside track instead of dressing like Hopper dresses you. Yeah, how <laughs> right, right. No more flannels and pants and cargo pants. Like, we're going. You do wonder why Joyce hasn't stepped in before, or even. <laughs> Or even well, Max and be like, Hopper, how, it's weird. You see how Joyce dresses? I mean, right, right. That's no. true. That's true. Actually, that's that's very true. So, so they, you know, so like it's a, it, a it's all the coming of age stuff, right? It's like yeah. let me tell you how this works, and let me tell you how this all happens. And then I even love like the, you know, hey, you've got superpowers. Let's 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 yes. do what any other kid our age with superpowers oh. would do. You know? Yep. yep. <laughs> I love it. That was a great like. Of course, you know, we'd want to find out. And you can find out, so let's find out. Um, and, and all the boys that. are just sitting and farting. It's yeah, just yeah, like, <laughs> so good. 100% yeah. perfect. And then, the, and then the comeback on it was like, we promise no superpower. Like, like that actually had been something they, they right. talked about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know that went through Mike's head at one point is, uh, yeah. you can't spy on me. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. So I, I thought it was great. I thought it gave more. It, and, and honestly, it helps Eleven become a bit more dimensional, you know, yeah, for instead sure. of having this, you know, um, rabbit in a cage thing where it's like, you know, she's still learning almost how to talk and all that kind of stuff like this gave her way more uh, tools in her in her toolbox to like be a, a kid. And and I think it gave her uh, much more like you see her protector move in a couple of moments where like her arms are stretched out like in front of the kids. Like I got this, you know, there's an ownership in her character that, that, uh, that comes out again and again. And I think that's cause she's like, she's like 
suited up, you know, she's, she's right. feeling more her age and more her, her culture and character and that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's more of that in this, in this season than in before of her, you know, I wouldn't even say casually, but, but in some cases, yeah, casually using her powers where it, it's, you know, where before you got the sense that, you know, they were only to be used in, you know, she was afraid of them. They're only to be used in, in the laboratory. And, and she mm-hmm. certainly got these horrible connotations going on with those powers at that point. Season two is, I still, and I'm, I'm going to start rewatching it, especially talking about it now. I need to get back and, and rewatch that. But season two felt like, yeah, she's testing some boundaries, but it was so strange. All the Chicago stuff just felt odd. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then now it's just like, oh no, of course she would slam the door, you know, on Hopper using her, her mental powers and stuff. And then let alone really going into battle and just using them again and again, you, we get more of that. And I, I do yeah. like that. Um, I, yeah, I like that with her. I agree. I thought that was fantastic. A great use of her powers and, and showing the character growing up and becoming yeah. her own. Yeah, I thought that was great. I, I kind of wanted to touch back on, on something Tyler said before spoilers. Uh, you talked about the way that the, the, the way the series ended. And obviously now, we, now that we're in spoilers, we can talk a little bit more oh, yeah. explicitly about I, I 100% agree with what you said that this felt like a series finale. Of course, it really other, did. Other than the the callback to, you know, or the, the post credit scene. Um, other than that. It felt like the show was done. I mean, Joyce and her family, they're moving away. They're, you know, including kind of, 11. Right. Yeah. They're all moving away. It's kind of separating the group, which, you know, of course, they're going to separate and then find ways to come back together. Of course, we can see that all playing out. But it just felt like it just felt like such a, a permanent end. And so it kind of made me wonder why they didn't just end it. I mean, I, you know, again, I think Tyler said it as well that that they're um they seem to be good planners. They seem to have an idea of where th- where they're going to go in this fourth season, but uh yeah, it just I, I was kind of confused that there there really other than the post-credit scene, there wasn't much of a taste of what's next. I I loved that part of it. Um I think it felt and it was an extended scene. I mean, I, I wouldn't put a time. It was like 10 minutes. It was a good long yeah. um you know, extended scene at the end, the aftermath um and and they just they just let us sit in that a little bit um and just you know they're moving and we get the note from hopper we get them driving off in a moving van um which and it really i spent a a few minutes during and right after going how in the world did they do anything after this like how and I even I went to look it up like oh is this was this planned to be the end because how do you come back they they would all have to you know, move back to Hawkins or they're coming back to visit, you know, coincidence a little bit, but, uh, so I, I, I am genuinely curious to see what they do. Um, you know, maybe they age up the characters to where they actually are in age right. and we do maybe a, maybe a high school thing or a, you know, something like that just to, to wrap it all up. I don't know. Well, if you're, if you're kind of looking at what they've done, they could essentially wait, you know, like a whole nother year and a half again. Totally. I mean, you know, we lost, we lost, well, we, we saw Stranger Things in 17 and then, you know, we had a year and a half really mm-hmm. until we got, uh, then this season yeah. and I could, it could be a whole nother thing. You know, I, my, my gut tells me it'll be less. Um, but then again, could be wrong, but I, I, I thought the same thing too. Like there could be a, a time jump, like, yeah, you know, still keep these kids cause they can do some, cause great. they're all 15, 16, 17. Yeah. We could do flashbacks, um, but there could be older. Like we could see, uh, you know, um, a mid thirties Mike. We could see a mid thirties Will. We could see, you know, like, and Which, then there's if, some flashbacks. If you're so. playing on, 
Stephen King, you know, yep, of, of that. It yep. is, a, you know, built into flashbacks. Yep, yeah. That would be really cool. And, and I think it helps also the the next season. I think high school could be cool too. Like I think it, it's, it kind of pushes them forward in, in the storytelling a little bit too. But, um, but I was glad that we finally got some understanding that, you know, Hawkins is a really bad place to live. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. The, the news stuff was awesome. Like it, cause we're at some point you're like, even watching this season, I was like, wait, do they know what happened? Did, do they, right. were they in on right. it? Were, were they, and, and so now of course you've got, 30 missing people that yeah. were, you know, assimilated into this creature. Ugh, so and, gross. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, the whole chemical thing and, and then like, you know, I mean, power outages and all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, at some point, you know, we finally got the, the idea and understanding that Hawkins is not a fun place to be. Yeah. And, and finally people are aware of that. Um, and so that really helped, I think, you know, put, put to rest some of the well can this stuff keep going on without people knowing about it you know like right. Right. give so that helped kind of uh cap that off and i think you're right like at, at the end of the day if that was a series finale it it, it could have happened it could have been done you know yeah. um and i think it would have you know i mean of course you would have been i'm sure if we knew it was a series finale there probably would have been way more stuff we'd be like oh well they didn't close yeah, this gap yeah. right but like to take an hour and 20 minutes and give you so many satisfying hits uh one after the other that just kind of buttoned everything up uh was great and uh and i think you know <clears throat> i was a I, I i was first a little i remember watching it going oh man they're really going all out with this monster like it's it is next level coming through the roof of the mall and like oh yeah this is like this is off the charts like this is a big deal uh and it's you know, it's not like the shadow monster from the earlier one who's like really, you know, in the shadows and not really participating in real life. But this oh, we're seeing like, all the slime and all. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> it's all there, man. And uh, and I so and that was like, man, this is a this is a big ending. This is like the ending of, of any major film. Yeah. You know, that you would go and see like they are they are pushing hard. And uh, and I, so I thought it was super satisfying. That was great. Yeah. And, and uh, you talked about could it be, you know, them in their 30s or whatever. I could totally see that happening towards the end of the next season. But I def- I also think that we, since we have It Chapter 2 coming out, uh, right. I think that's going to kind of beat them to the punch a little bit to where I, you know, I'm not sure that they're going to yeah. do the time drop. But I could, to- I think the high school thing is absolutely going to happen. Just the, the tough thing is now that they're, they're at separate schools, they're all separated. Yeah. So how's that all going to work? Um, I definitely, they're going to really... play each other in a climactic football game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it'll the bring Morgan's the two towns together. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited other than, other than the American uh, showing up, uh, right. which is obviously going to be Hopper. Other than that, I don't, I don't really know where they're going for the next season, which, which I appreciate. I like that they didn't foreshadow too much. It's kind of, it, it gives them free reign to kind of figure out where they want to go. They didn't paint themselves into too much of a hole. So, so yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited for the next season. Was there anything else in spoilers you guys wanted to dive into? Uh, I was grateful to see Paul Reiser right at the end. Yes. Uh, yeah, I came back. Yep. You know. That was a real cool, and even uh, uh, you know the the use of Maury is that is that his name right? Maury Monty. What's his name? Oh yeah, um, oh, I forget his name. Um, uh, it's 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 bomb bomb. Uh, can't even, now I'm totally spacing the name. He's awesome. He is the epitome character of like all the conspiracy theorists, and to give him the yes. role that he had, and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. 
to have him back in and all the way in, like it was like, and to have him having the payoff for his character of like, I knew it, you know, <laughs> this is all, <laughs> you know, coming to life. Uh, he was great. And then Alexi, man, I mean, for the, the, just the, his death was, uh, Oh yeah. I didn't expect, like, I didn't expect it to be like, this is a thing. Like, yeah. and, and yet he never spoke a word of English. He never, <laughs> right. you know, he was just kind of a, he, he was a character that's all caught up in this. So they, they, they did some really cool things with characters that normally maybe not have some attachment to the story. I thought they did a really good job of, of putting some of these people in that moved the story along and kind of helped show like these are other elements to this kind of grand conspiracy that's cooking underneath this small Indiana town of Hawkins. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I like Murray coming back. Brett Gilman is the uh, yeah, is the yeah, actor too, yeah. by the way. And uh, and then Alexi's death was 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 great. That was that was well done. Definitely good. Uh, anything else from you, Tyler? No, I mean lots of the little. I I just love the little callbacks. I kept finding more and more. Um, over on our on my podcast on the Geek Card Check, we just started. We just did Indiana Jones yesterday, and the the connection I made with that was all all of the rats. Um, there was a scene <laughs> where the rats yeah. are by the by the boxes. It reminded me so much of um, it's in it's in Raiders, right, where the the rats are all sitting around the um, the ark and it's the swastika burns away and the the rats are all freaking out. Except in this one, I think the rats are all they're all around the boxes or they're in the basement or something like that, and then they start blowing up, which I just yeah. I loved and I thought <laughs> I loved it. I thought that was awesome and so wonderfully gross. Yeah, it just true. oh, it worked so well. Yeah. But yeah, other than some, you know, those small callbacks, which that could be an episode in and of itself is just yeah. Oh yeah, for each sure. and every one of the callbacks. Uh, it just, I think it just did such a good job. Like I said, it did everything I wanted it to be, uh, to do. And it was everything I wanted it to be. So it was great. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly I, I loved this season as well. I do think it was a, a bit of a step down from the previous seasons, but, but even still, there's so much, it's so much fun. Like the world is so good. The characters are just fantastic. Like that's the best part. And all these callbacks are great. The mall. So th- there was so much good in this season. I, I, I hope, um, the story has a little bit more weight to it, um, to, to kind of substantiate eight, eight episodes, um, in the next season. But, um, I, I really did love stranger things three. Well, I think that wraps up our review of Stranger Things 3. Tyler and Curtis, thank you guys so much for being here. Make sure you check out their shows, the Geek Card Check podcast and Beyond the Backlot. Uh, make sure you dive into those. Both great geeky and, and wonderful shows. Like I said at the top of the show, make sure you follow us on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, and make sure you give us a review and subscribe. And with that, we will see you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to ScreenersPodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.